G'day and welcome to Switched On, powered by Happiness Co. Alright, alright, alright. Let's get back into it. Welcome back to Switched On. How you doing? We are joined by Oscar Allen. Thanks for coming in, mate. No worries, guys. How are we? Good, good. Very good, actually. It's good to um, good to have you in, mate. Yep. Um, <clears throat> we always uh, start the potty off with, what's the time now? It's 10 o'clock, so what have you been up to this morning and how have you set yourself up to, I guess, get switched on? I had a run this morning. So we're in the middle of the off-season and I had, and the whole side had a pretty disappointing year last year. I didn't get out there and we didn't win many games, so it's been a pretty big emphasis on going out there and starting off the off-season well. So a lot of the boys have been training pretty hard. Just at the club with a couple of the physios, getting my body right, feeling good. Um, and then, yeah, just switched off, come here and have a chat with, with a couple of mates. Beautiful, I love that. See, exercise, eh? That's the thing they do. Start yeah. the day off with it, eh? <laughs> yeah, always. Yeah. You soon saw Actually, not even today. I actually, like, today was my um, off day. It's like, just because normally I try to do everything today. I was like, kind of woke up a bit sore. So, it's like, maybe just, yeah, set it back. Because, yeah, after we go help set up this this event later today. So, mm. that, that's probably a lot of lifting there. So. Mm. Like what about yourself? Yeah, I got back in the pool again this morning, um, and it wasn't too bad. I was in the outdoor one for a bit longer than normal, so it was good today, which is good. Would you knock me off in a swim now? Nah, nah. I um, they got the lanes. They've got slow, medium, and fast. Yeah, and then they've got one separate lane. You don't jump in that lane. I jump in that lane <laughs> because mate, I was just. I'm not even. I can't even go on the slow lane because I'm that bad. <laughs> so, um. No, nah, I'm bad. You can. You weren't. You weren't that bad. You just didn't. You stayed the same pace. Like there's no increase or decrease. It's just like I'm just gonna keep togging along like the whole time. It's just me, mate. I got no speed in anything. So I tog along. We'll have to have a race. <laughs> yeah, did Tom beach swims? Really? Mm. Yeah. Where you beach swim at? Either cot or like Leighton. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And you do some open water events or just casually? Just cash. Yeah, but I wouldn't awesome. mind doing like rodeo swim. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. My um, my old man used to do a lot of it. And like I used to do surf clubs, so I did quite a lot of beach swimming as a kid. Um, and we always wanted to do like a rodo swim, like as a family, like me and my old man. But my old man's what, 66 now? So it's like, we don't have long to, to get the <laughs> wheels rolling with that. Otherwise, we won't be able to anymore. <laughs> yeah. Man is a fish though. Yeah. Yeah, can swim. No, I used to be able to. I'm not sure anymore. But, so we've got you on, mate, to talk about pressure and expectations. Yep. And yep. Um, obviously, that comes up. It's a big part of what you do now in, in your job. But, um, yeah, we'd love sort of your sort of what you think pressure and expectation means to you yeah it's a, it's a good question and you probably won't remember but like I remember years ago you were talking to me and we were living together and you said how good is it to not have any pressure that if you don't play well you're going to get dropped and like it's a big thing when footballers think about it all the time and I was just kind of thought about it and I said yeah but I still have the pressure that if I don't play well we might lose mm. and it was something where Kind of a light bulb moment, and I think about it pretty often. It's like everyone's always got pressure, so it's kind of whatever you put it to be. So whether it's sporting, which is myself, um, education, so at uni, you still put pressure. I've got to pass this unit. I've got to get this degree. I've got to get a job. Like I need to earn money. Is it the arts? Are you a singer? Do you mute? Like whatever it is, everyone kind of has a level of pressure or expectation. So I've always thought of like if you accept it and own the fact that there is going to be this certain level of whatever it is, anxiety, stress, that's fine. But when you kind of just put to the side and think, oh, it's not there, it's not there, then it kind of comes and whacks you in the face. Yeah. You know, when you just kind of pretend 
is not a real thing, which it is. Like it's something I deal with and a lot of other people deal with. Um, maybe it's because I'm an overthinker. You know, I, that's how my, my, my brain works. So I've kind of accepted that. But yeah, I'd be interested to see what you guys think about it because I feel like everyone has pressure expectations. It's just mine at the moment. It's probably played a little bit more out in a public forum. You know, like everyone can actively see when I'm not meeting the expectations yeah. that other people put on me or, or myself. Yeah, I definitely agree. And it's like, I kind of see it as sometimes, sometimes it's a good thing, but if you, yeah, if you set the bar too high, then maybe it's sometimes just unrealistic. And so then when you, yeah, sometimes you met with that harsh reality when you, when you eventually get there and then you met with the sort of, um, harder side once you get to that outcome. But yeah, I'm a bit the same, like overthinker, always striving to do the best and be the best. And I, yeah, I think a couple of years ago, like sort of once I had the year off with like just playing footy, cause that's something that I took religiously for a while. Um, I just, yeah, just said to myself, I'll have a break um, because I was just, it, it was kind of costing like a bit of my mental health and just because I was trying to hold myself to this such high standard. Mm. But at what, at like for why, for what reason in a way? It, it's like, for me, it's the same thing. Like I was like, well, I lived with Aussie for a bit and man, the pressure and expectation that I had of myself took me into a mental state of like, I just hated, end up hating the game. Mm. And once I sort of released that and actually had, realistic expectations of you know life and what i want to do like i was a lot freer but i guess expect like the pressure would have started for you when well you hit colts and that's when you really took off when you mm. developed and went <coughs> your body but what expectations did you have growing up on study and then sport like because i know now like you've you still at uni, you're not at uni. Yeah, it's very part-time, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So like, away slowly. Yeah, so that like, without the pressure to have something, when when you're in school, you're like, all right, I'm going to be, I want to do this and this, but then I also want to play footy. Like, how did you separate the two? Yeah, footy was just a fun thing for me. Like, I never had any expectations on making it as a footballer. I was a pretty average footballer till I was probably 17 or 18. Like, even I was playing Colts footy and I was just scraping by. Like, wasn't that talented. Um, worked really hard but naturally wasn't that gifted and probably wasn't of the highest skill level and I was pretty engaged at school like I, I love school some people didn't like didn't love it or don't enjoy it but I really enjoyed went to same school for 13 years my older brother was a year above me sister was a year below so I kind of like knew everyone right so going through school I was pretty invested in that and just doing everything so whether it's your academics um, was a part of like the debate team did weird stuff like that. Uh, was part of the volleyball team. Went and played in the world champs in Singapore. What? Um, footy, swimming, cross country, athletics, basketball. Played state level basketball rep when I was younger. Like, I just, I just kind of like did everything. So I was never any pressure on footy. Like the most pressure I had was like getting a good ATAR. Um, that, that, that was like the pressure I put on myself. Yeah, that's crazy. So then, like, I graduated year twelve, and thankfully I was an underage. So I graduated high school at seventeen. So I had a whole year to do uni full time, and whilst doing that, it gave me a lot of time to focus on my footy. Because first year of uni, like, it's all pretty easy, intro easy, stuff. yeah, easy intro stuff. So you go to uni for two hours a day, and then you have another eight hours to kind of train. And I really kind of locked in footy is what I want to do. Um, well. I'm going to at least give it a shot. And, yeah, it just kind of rolled from there. And um, we played a bit of footy together in that year. That's how we first met, playing underage state 18s footy. And, and yeah, like, it all happens quick. You don't think about it. And probably the end of 
uh, my draft year 2017 when I knew I was going to get drafted and then there was a pressure to play well. I probably played the worst footy I'd ever played in my career. Like I played really poorly, went up and played senior footy, couldn't get a kick, didn't know how to handle it. And then um, when I got drafted, it was kind of like, well, I put all this pressure on me and I've played the worst footy I ever did. Whereas when I was just going out there, didn't really care. I was having so much fun. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a hard one to differentiate because if you don't care and put pressure on yourself, I feel like that's where you get the sweet spot of you put pressure on yourself because you're an intrinsically motivated person, but you're not overdoing it in a way. I'm not sure if I'm explaining that well, but no, you've got to yeah. find like the right against the line of I have high expectations but not too high. And um, that's where I found goal setting has been really good for me, short-term goal setting, because long-term goals seem ambiguous and really hard to attain when you make it short term it's like well yeah i can do three runs this week yeah i can do my three like just little short things that are really easy to achieve and um i think it's how most things are built yeah definitely off the back of like you got drafted pretty high yeah but do you want to like even that night mate like you were touted you had a really good year that year and you were touted to go top 10 yeah, and you would have had the expectation to do that, mm. but you had basically had two broken legs. Like you had shin splints and like literally couldn't run, mm. and then that pushed you back. So how did you deal with that? Like you were like, "No, nah, I'm expected to go top ten by everyone," and then you had that expectation on yourself. And then when that didn't happen that night, what? How did you deal with that? Yeah, well, it's kind of it's a good question because me, mum and dad, like kind of at the start of the year just wanted to play footy and I remember I won the Lark medal which is like the underage um, best player in the country and I remember I got home my dad started crying and I was like fuck like I'm gonna get and he like looked at me he's like you know you're gonna play AFL and it kind of hit me I was like all right like this is this is like a real thing it was like it's a great moment man my old man had and from then he was very keen on like me going early as I was like I didn't really care I just wanted to play anywhere and I almost kind of wanted to get out of Perth to a certain extent because I wanted to go out, grow up, experience life my own. Um, and yeah, I thought I was going to get picked up probably a little bit earlier, but I had stresses in, which turned into cracks in both tib fib. Oh. So um, I didn't barely compete at the combine or do anything. Played the whole like, second half of the <coughs> Yeah. So that was one of the things where I was like, if I'm going to get drafted, like I'm going to deal with this. And like, I'll just go on to listen, let, let their physios sort me out. Like, I. <laughs> And you're just kind of bouncing from place to place. Like, I think I played, you play for your Colts team, I played for my reserves team, played for my league team, played for my, like, you just, you don't see the same people. Yeah. So you don't have the same physio that you're touching base with. So I probably was mismanaging myself to that extent. And yeah, it was, it was a tough pill to take. Um, particularly, I remember draft night, me and Aaron Norton, good mates, like, we played a lot of underage footy together and we roomed a lot during the carnival. And it was his family, my family. And I remember he got picked up. And the way the draft used to work, it used to all happen in one night. So now it's the first round is one night and the rest is after. And I was like, supposed to go, supposed to go top 10 at some stage, uh, maybe just after 10, early teens. And I didn't go until the end of the first round. And I was like, oh my God. And I had like an hour break for all the television stuff to, to be sorted. And I remember my old man and my mum and I was like, am I like actually going to get picked up? And like all these thoughts start going through, which aren't true. Yeah. But then I was the first pick of the second round to west coast and grew up a west coast fan and but at the time i was i was flat about it like which sounds silly because i was like i'm like the motivated person i was like i'm i I thought i'd go higher and like was a bit flat about it but then you kind of wear that as a chip to a certain extent and 
grateful for the club and they've supported me like unbelievably well. Grew up a West Coast fan, always wanted to play for the Eagles and then it was probably only my draft year where I kind of lost that love for West Coast because I thought, well, I don't want to lock in. I love this club and then have be something in the background of my mind if you do go on the list and um, was fortunate enough to get drafted by them and yeah, I've had a great great relationship with everyone at the club since then and, and they've got been a great support for me. I love how you touched on that sense of gratitude. We'll get we'll get to that in a bit, like how to deal with pressure and expectation. But another question was like, so you've been drafted into West Coast. When did that sort of pressure and expectation kind of arise once you sort of got to the club? I think it's always there. Yeah. Like so straight away. And it's a lot of it's not, it's a lot of it's from other people. Like it, so I get drafted and then I remember my first conversation with my manager was like, well, how do we make sure we get an, an extension on your contract to give you more time? And I was like, oh, I didn't realise that's how it worked. You know, like you just got drafted, you want to enjoy it. And the first conversation you have is like, how do we prolong your career? It's like, I'm 18. Like it, it will be long. He's like, well, what are we going to do to make sure of it? So it kind of started early on. And then um, a lot of guys, so Braden was the same draft as me. Jared Brander, same draft as me, Jack Petricelli. And you guys had all played in the first five or six games that year. And I wasn't even, because I was coming back from my legs, I wasn't even playing waffle footy. So that kind of arose the feelings of I'm falling behind these people and I have it I still sometimes get it now with other guys in the same draft as me or similar age as me or I look back and I'll see like a younger player and like he's achieved so much and he's two years younger than me and Drew Petrie he works at the club now great AFL player said something to me early and was along the lines of like you live your own story like don't live theirs which is um, something that's pretty powerful and it's like it's my own journey it doesn't really matter what theirs are as long as I make mine something that I get benefit out of and I've kind of trying to replicate that and particularly this year probably been the biggest challenge um, but I think I've actually handled it better than I would have in the past or I've actually handled not playing all year better than having one poor game because like, I used to get in a state that I'd be so frustrated, angry, disappointed at myself but this whole year I've kind of just had more of an open mind, obviously really disappointed but it's really uncontrollable so... Um, there's no real point wasting energy on that. Yeah. Did that come from like learning? Like, because I remember when we were playing and like you were coming back and then you started playing Waffle and then you were playing like when we first got drafted together, um, you, you called me that, I'm pretty sure you called me the day we got drafted. Yeah, that night. Yeah, yeah. That night. And then I don't know if you can remember what you said, but the phone, you said, congratulations, ready, ready, rah. But then you said, mate, we're going to have huge careers and we're going to take off. And I, I always stuck in my head because even when we got to the club, you were injured. You had the expectation of, I'm going to be the best forward of this club, mm -hmm. right? So, which is, say you might not achieve that, which he's on the track to probably do that. But like that expectation is very high. And when you're injured and not playing and you don't actually start playing waffle until it was like, round 10 or something how do you then go far out like I want to play this year and then you've got Aaron Norton one of your good mates who's playing all year and killing it then you've got Sam Taylor doing the same thing and like you said lucky myself Jack and um, Jared had played like how did you deal with that knowing that what you wanted to do but you, you weren't getting there 
yeah, I think it's just like the story you tell yourself and like storytelling is such a powerful thing. And I think if you tell yourself a, a story with a good ending about yourself, like it changes the way you perceive things and like storytelling, like it's going to be such, like I'm going to come back. And like, this is like the story I tell myself every day now. Like this is how I've got through the last year or so is every day you tell yourself a story of like, I'm going to come back and really play some like really good footy nothing better than comeback story yeah like you always i think you've got to tell yourself that and that's how you keep yourself in the same frame of mind but um i actually listened to another good podcast recently it talks about competence v confidence Mm. and i thought it really um resonated with me the fact that like confidence comes and goes but if you just put in the hard work then that that gives you a like a level of belief in yourself and level of actual skill that even on your worst day you're still at a good level. So I've been trying to... That's something that I've always kind of believed in but didn't really know how to articulate it. <clears throat> so just doing the hard work, ticking that stuff off so that when you are back, you're, you're ready to go. And, and it, you know, other, everyone works hard but you just got to tell yourself and you sometimes you're probably lying to yourself but you tell yourself the story that you're working harder than everyone else and it gives you an extra level of belief that when you are back or when you are playing that you can achieve great things and um, I've always been that way and at the end of the day like these massive goals you set for yourself I may not achieve them but like I'm going to do everything in my power to get there Um, and that's kind of where the benefit and like the joy comes from right the journey of like I've gone from here to here I maybe didn't get to the top of the mountain but you know maybe I will you know, like you don't, you don't know. Stars, <coughs> yeah. You might not get there, but like, say if you set the high expectation, at least like it'll, yeah, definitely push you that extra little bit, which is great. Yeah, and just being able to adjust as well, like, so you have high expectations. Like last year, I had really high expectations. I was going to go. Well, then, like, how do on a Wednesday morning in June when it's like ten degrees and raining, how when I see all the guys training, how do I convince myself like this? 3k swim sessions like going to benefit me right now like because i'm not going to play this year and i know that but so what what do you tell yourself to get yourself why ready do, to do why that you need to be fit yeah well, what yeah so yeah it's just one of the things and people are different maybe it's just how i'm wired and what i want to achieve but like i feel like most people in my position would do it because i'm in a really i'm really understand i'm in a fortunate position like the club's been terrific to me i've got a long-term contract i'm but like with that there's pressure to play well and get yourself right. So that's the most thing I feel like an expectation to repay the club for the faith they've put in me. So it's probably one of the things that's driving me at the moment, yeah. How did you flip that mindset from, you said when you started, you'd have one bad game and like, yeah, like I can back you out where you say you'd be gone for a few days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now it's like you're doing a 3K session, you know you're going to play this year, mm-hmm. but you know, like, and how do you how do you flip that mindset or what do you do day to day to tell yourself those positive stories because that's hard to do to say yeah like a lot of people struggle with that to say that they are good enough and they're achieving something how did you flip the mindset or is there any tools that you do or use oh the thing having people around you support you is big so my partner Lorna she's like awesome for me and she wouldn't put up with it like she was like <laughs> mate you can't come home and then not speak to me for three days because you couldn't get a kick like that's actually not my fault you can't get a kick and like she's quite brutal but I think if you do have those feelings like I feel like when you hide away from them it becomes a bigger issue and it builds up like I'm quite an emotional guy so I grieve quite a bit so like I'll cry like often like really often compared to some people will say I never cry like I cry all the time like I have a bad game like 
on the drive home, you know, I'll be bloody upset. But if you let yourself have those emotions and you move past them, mm-hmm. so like this year, get injured, experience it, feel those feelings, be really upset. And then you can feel that for a couple of days. But then all right, what's on next? And then footy week to week, it becomes harder and you kind of just compress that in. So what things do you get benefit out of? Like I played poorly, but I'm playing footy with my, like, some of my best mates. Like, yeah. All right. Life isn't that bad. You know, let, let's, let's, let's move on. And that, that process of accepting what's happened, there's nothing you can do. Reflecting what could I have I've done better? What can I do to prepare better for next week? All right. Let's, let's execute like on on that like yeah. i don't know how that would work in in terms of it's probably the same with tests and study and mm. and stuff like that but that is one thing that i'll give you a lot of credit you like no matter if you play well or you to your stand you don't play well the monday like whenever the day is your next in you're watching vision you're oh i could have done this right oh like are you calling coaches should i have done this should i have worked around this how do i get better mm. like you always no matter if it's good good game or you know a bad game you've always looked to get better and that probably helps on the expectation the pressure if you're always learning and growing like that's something you do well, yeah, really well i think if you that's just in terms of preparation organization mm-hmm. and so like I, I love the kind of saying like what is it piss poor performance no prior preparation prevents mm-hmm. piss poor performance yes so yeah like once you've done that you're getting all the all your marbles in a row and and it's just the outcome will take care of itself. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, you can prepare really well still and you can still lay a goose egg and go poorly, <laughs> right? Like, some yeah. things are out of your control. So, I've always thought uh, focus on the process, not the outcome. So, no matter what the outcome is, I'll do everything right Monday to Friday or attempt to. I won't do everything right because I'm human and I'm flawed and I'll stuff things up and I do all the time like everyone does. But Monday through Friday, I'll try to prepare as best I can. So, Saturday night... I play at a high level and whether I do or don't, I've done whatever I thought was the right thing to do and then you can reflect on that. So um, it's something that JK was really big on and he he's taught me pretty early on and he was the same Monday through Friday doing the same things and it's one of those things that game day, it's all happened so quickly. You have a couple moments, you don't capitalise on them, it's gone. But I And I, I think talking about like if I don't achieve those goals, it's a similar thing in a shortened sense like i've prepared as best i can my processes were correct now execute and whether you do or don't like if you do it long enough those processes will work for you to be successful but sometimes you just don't get it right and like no no one gets it right all the time but i think the best players do it to an extent where uh and it's not like everyone needs to train really hard because some guys processes i'm i'm going really light and i'm not doing a lot because mentally I'm so clued in. Like I doubt, um, I know I doubt like Dustin Martin's training like as hard as some of the other guys are, but his performance is at such a high level because mentally he's so switched on and understanding and he's got that level of confidence and competence where he knows this is what I need to do to win, to be successful. So he just goes out there and does it and doesn't think about it. Whereas yeah. like that's just the way he's wired, but other people need that evidence week in, week out to be able to get to that level. So how do you find the balance then between so Monday to Friday, I gotta do this, this, this to prepare well and meet my expectation, but then you get a phone call from like you're a WA boy, you got a lot of mates here. They're like, Friday Wednesday night, do you want to come out for dinner? You got main training the next day or you know, how do you balance the social life and the AFL life to I guess meet 
your friends' expectations of you to actually be a good friend, but then also your own. It's still something I'm really working on, and I don't think you ever get it right. You just kind of keep tinkering with it, and it's like anything where there's no perfect formula, and it depends on you as a person. So I get, I used to think I was an extrovert, and then I found out I got super burnt out all the time by trying to be this larger-than-life character and kind of realized it's probably not who I am as a best version. Like when I'm at my best, it's probably not what it looks like. So how do I tinker with my personality to be like, yeah, I'll love to to catch up with the guys from footy for lunch, but I'm not going to be able to go out for dinner that night because I want to just stay in, at home with my missus and my dogs and just like hang out, you know, and accepting and understanding that there's nothing wrong with you for wanting to be that way. And that's just who I am. And um, you can accept me for that or you can't, but it's out of my control and to be honest, I don't overly care because like this is me. And that's not in an arrogant way saying, oh, I've got it figured out. But it's like oh, I'm confident in the person I am that like I want to hang out with you too, mate. But mate, I'm knackered. Like oh, I, I actually physically don't want to because if I do, I'll be drained all day tomorrow. And like, it's just the way that I am. And I'll keep tinkering with it, keep on trying to get the, the balance right. But... Um, it's something you never quite master, I don't think. That's just, yeah, that's just really health, healthy form of self-reflection. Mm. I love it. Yeah, that that would be the same for studying. Like, mm. like you touch on like you touch on Lorna, who's mate, like studies like a crazy amount, mm. and even like the expectation and pressure that you know students at uni or students in year eleven, twelve, or someone trying to make their own business like that is pretty much it's just the same thing. Like you've got whatever you're striving to do and perform at. But then you've got to also balance that with, you know, come hang out, come do this, come do that. Like, it's a hard thing to it is hard to balance. So. I think I mentioned to you before, like, in one of the other apps. So, like, yeah, for school, from, like, year 10, students are put with the pressure and expectation mm. to get a certain grade and do this and decide what career that career path they want to do for the rest of their lives and go to right. uni for. Like, that is a lot to put on, like, a 16, 17-year-old kid who's naive as shit. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got no idea. Well, that's the same, like... You saying you've yeah you've like uni you're only doing doing yeah. what is it one unit yeah one unit yeah. so like but it's still teaching something off but how do you like think now like footy will be done in well hopefully you play till Tom Brady like but <laughs> if you're yeah if once you're done your career like what's the expectation after that or what's the pressure you've got on now nah, I got to get something done or are you just gonna be like now nah, I'm alright I'll go into media or yeah, I'm, I'm I, again, like, I'm a little bit, like, wired differently that I've got a high level of, like, self-confidence in what I can do. So, like, I have confidence that if I wanted to, I could, because I do quite a bit of media stuff now. I'm on the radio pretty often. I'm on telly a bit doing some interviews. So, I've got a confidence that if I wanted to, I could do that. But I also want to tick off my uni and get that done. So, if at some stage I want to go into the business world, I can also do that. So I think keeping as many doors open, like this year I didn't play, so I did some coaching and I've done some coaching courses. I've got my level two, I've done the next coach AFL course. Like that's why I did, I was in Melbourne for a week doing that like two weeks ago. So being able to get to a stage where I've got confidence in myself, but I've got the backing behind it that in my back pocket, if I need to, I could reach out to people and be like, hey, you guys need a development coach like I'm former AFL like you could get into that yeah, stage yeah, cool. do you guys need someone to work at a radio station for you do you want someone to be an accountant for you guys and work the books and like the connections you get through playing footy are great and it, and it really helps and like I'm in a really fortunate position and I understand that 
and that's where I get the confidence from, like a mixture of, well, I'm doing things to put me in a good position, but um, being lucky is just like having when an opportunity meets preparation. If I prepare well, these opportunities will pop up and then I'll get the chance and people will call it lucky, but I've also done a certain amount of things to get me in this position right now. So that's how I look at it. People are different and um, again, I've only lived my life and my life's been really fortunate like I'm, I'm incredibly grateful to be like a footballer from the age of 18 I've never really worked a real job I scooped ice cream at Cold Rock for six months but it wasn't for me um, so I understand I've had a lot of things go my way but then like the back of my mind I'm always like yeah but you work bloody hard man yes. yeah, like, I'm glad you touched on that yeah, yeah. We, we were gonna we mentioned before like that's just that sense of gratitude and it's like it's just it's a superpower hey and we, we say it a lot around here but um, when did you when do you yeah, I guess when do you reckon you've taken that step back and um, used gratitude to notice where you're at now and like and, and all these opportunities? Probably only this year. Yeah. Because I think when you're so in the midst of playing football or whatever it is, when you're so entrenched in whatever your main aspect of your life is, you rarely go out and see a bigger picture. So I love the analogy of like the frog and the bird. So which are you? Are you the frog in the mud or are you the bird looking out? from above and I feel like when you're so entrenched in for, for me as a footballer week to week I'm a frog I'm just like who am I playing this week how do I play well how do we win and you're not really seeing the bigger picture of well wow I don't realize like I run out in front of 50,000 people that all pay $130 for their tickets to watch me like this is there's different things you don't think about when you're so in the midst of it but this year has given me an opportunity to kind of step back and be a bird for six months I'll definitely go back into a frog who just wants to play well, but be able to look from the outside and be like, wow, this is this is pretty great. It's pretty special. But also, oh, we're, we're getting this wrong. So that's like the position us as a football club are in. We had a pretty poor year. Well, we're getting these things wrong. Like, how do we improve? So it's also positive, but you can look at things as an improvement. Yeah, 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 for sure. How do you look at, so on the positive, how do you look at your face being plastered everywhere? So like Oscar Allen... This year, he's going to have the best year. He's going to be the big... He's going to take over JK. It's going to be the new big thing. Injured, can't play. And then it's like, who's going to captain the club next? Oscar Allen's going to be the captain of the club. Well, even on top of that, like going out and playing in front of 60,000 mm. like, like, people. And then your face is... You, you, have, you might kick two goals and have five touches and then you're on the back page. Two goals, but no impact. And your face is blasted. Like, How do you deal with the, that, that side of the game in, in your head? It's probably the most difficult part, I think, now, particularly in this generation with social media and stuff. And, like, I'm all over the socials like everyone else. Like, people say, I don't look at it like you do. Like, everyone looks at it. You see everything. Yeah, you see everything that's said about you. So, again, like, if you just dismiss it and act like it's not there, I don't think that's the healthiest thing because you kind of go just accept it. But, I mean, it's all the same stuff I've been saying. Like, if you just stick to your processes, like... People can say what they want, but like, and I've got like a, a little cringy quote written up on my wall. It's like, the opinions of other, uh, the opinions of me of others are not for my ears. And it's like, is that the one that's still in the Yeah, it's still in the cupboard. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. and it's like every morning I go get brekkie and it's like, the opinions others have of me are not for my ears. It's like, well, it's not important. It actually doesn't affect my life. Like, what you think about me is cool. And, um, the best person I've ever met with that is Tom Brass. Like, he does not care what you think about him, like, at all. Yeah. And he's so himself. And I think 
like becoming a grown up, having his his got his beautiful partner, he's got his beautiful kid Billy. Like once you accept that stuff, like I feel like it becomes way easier, and that's something he does like incredibly well. And I can't like state how much I am impressed by him when he does that stuff. So it's something that I've kind of taken from other people and. End of the day, I don't actually think about playing in front of 60,000 that often because, like, I'm just doing my job. Like, I'm paid to do it. I've loved it doing it as a kid. It's the exact same ball, exact same field. Just do it. And the rest takes care of itself if you work hard and, and prepare well. So, yeah, people are different. Other people would do their head in over it. But for me, the playing in front of people isn't the biggest thing for me. It's cool when something goes well and they cheer for you, though. Yeah. The best part. <laughs> So what about on the, the flip side for like your partner, right? Lorna, shout yep. out to Lorns. But when she like, like she wants you to be Oscar, the, the boyfriend, right? So when you're in footy mode, this is like the same if someone's like in study mode and they've got this big exam coming up, but then they've got their partner. What advice would you give to someone in that situation on how to deal with someone when you've both got so much pressure on each other and so much expectation to one, achieve what you both want to achieve, but then you want to achieve your couple goal as well, if that makes sense. Yeah. How do you, yeah. It's a good one because me and my partner, Lorna, go through it all the time because she's finishing a Master's of Pharmacy and she just got an internship. <laughs> she just got her internship at a, um, at, a, at a hospital. So she's kind of achieved what she wanted to achieve. So she's working her ass off in that sense and I'm working really hard in this sense and I think it becomes difficult for her and the weird combination of our relationship is mine's played out in the public and hers is in private so no one knows how hard she works people look at my successes or failures and think he's either working hard or not working hard right so people would look at me and have an opinion and look at her and probably have no clue what she does but it's something that she and me are always working on because she'll have days like you said she's studying all day studying all day doesn't want to borrow me like I'm, I'm grumpy I'm agitated I'm frustrated can you make dinner tonight can you clean up like just the things that normal couples go through but just having those being able to have those conversations and like I said like she's been great for me and she's kind of my person where even though I want to be on my own I can still like be on my own with her yeah. in a sense and when you have that great connection with someone and I don't know this might sound all gooey but when you have a great connection it doesn't have to be a partner it can be like a best mate or just a friend or someone that you trust that you talk to but you don't know why you trust them because you don't see them that often but every time you're there you have really deep conversations like being able to express yourself openly and freely I feel like gets rid of all that stuff that that lingers after yeah, stress after stressful things which is tests exams and for me like footy's a test like every week Saturday, that's your test. How do you prepare this week? How do you prepare the last 22 years of your life to perform well this week, you know? Just played out in a public forum. So looking at things that way makes it easy for both of us. And she's super, super successful and she works like incredibly hard. So she's almost one where I'm not working hard. I look at her, mate, damn. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll go back to uni, you know? I'll, yeah. I'll do this. Um, so yeah, she's great for me. Yeah. Mate, what? This year leading into the, the season, mm-hmm. what are you... What do you, what's your vision and what are you trying to achieve on a personal note? Yeah, I'm trying to achieve big things. Like, firstly, as a side, we've got to get better. So my first vision is going back into pre-season, being fit, training at a high level and, like, bringing some of the younger guys along with me and, um, sorry, itchy nose, improving the standard of, of everyone. So that's a leadership 
yeah, so that's that's probably something that's come yeah, yeah in the last couple of years where it's not as much performance based but leading by example. So kind of aligned with performance, but a lot of it's like how do we all get better? Twenty two year old and he's in the relationship with. Are you twenty two? Twenty three. Twenty three now, but like, 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 even that, mate. Like, that's what I'm talking about—the pressure. But yeah, anyway, keep going. It's just yeah. So that's one thing, and then on field, like, get my body right. It's like the first and foremost thing, and train really hard. And like, you've got these goals in the long term of what I want to achieve this year in my career, which I keep to myself for now. But like, individual, small, short-term goals, like get to pre-season, good physical condition, meet my expectations, get all the minutes out in training, play really well and match him, play really well in Jeremy McGovern in an intra club, play really well in Tom Brass, beat them in a in a match him or whatever. And that's kind of where you build that competence from. And um, if you look at it short term, all of a sudden you blink and it's like August, yeah. end of the year. Oh, I had a really good year. Oh, I didn't have a good year. Well, why didn't you have a good year? Something you can reflect back on and um, yeah, it's... Yeah. It's something that everyone's got different ways to think about it, but short-term goals work pretty well for me and, and just live in day by day. Like, well, what do I have today? What do I get a day off? Well, it's just that continuous strength after strength after strength and the short-term goals make the longest-term impact. Mm. So mm. That, that's really good. Yeah. Good to- point to touch on. Um, yeah, what about other advice as we get, as we get towards the end? How's there, like, any more advice for any aspiring athletes or students as well which we've touched on um just yeah in terms of pressure and expectations yeah don't put all your eggs in one basket and like some people will say do or don't but i feel like the more well-rounded you be and in this coaching course i did there was a quote like if all you know is football do you know football at all and it's kind of saying if you don't have any life experience you haven't experienced things you don't do anything else you don't read any books you don't think about other people then how are you actually understanding anything that's going on? So try to become well-rounded. So that's something I did subconsciously and it's probably because my parents made me do it when I was a kid and made me play different sports. They made me do everything. They made me contribute to things which people look at as nerdy or whatever at school. Like They made me do all this stuff and I had a great time and enjoyed it. And now because of it, I'm a good public speaker because my parents made me go to like school debating competitions. Like I think about the world differently because I my parents made me study philosophy and ethics and like I had to go to like these philosophons which is like you go to like a private school like you go to like Hale and there's like 20 kids from each school who do philosophy and ethics and having like philosophical arguments like it's the nerdiest thing you've ever heard of I love philosophy yeah so it's like something that I used to do when I was younger but then also like sporting wise I did so many different sports just because I enjoyed hanging out with my mates and like 90% of my mates are because of sports like guys I went to school with I'm friends with obviously but I probably played footy with them on the weekends or played basketball with them or, or whatever it was so yeah don't put your eggs in one basket um, obviously at some stages you have to but the more well-rounded I think you are probably the easier life is and there, there comes a time for everything where well, I've got to make a decision to prioritize things which is fine and great but even within that certain field there's still a lot of tentacles you can kind of spread out and and do different things with. Well said. Love it. Love it. Last question I got, mate, is other than Fiona, your mum, mm-hmm. who's probably your biggest role model because we love Fee, but who has been, give us maybe one or two or if you've got three, but your main role models that you've looked up to um, that have sort of got you where you are now? Um, it's a good question. 
Uh, my oldest brother, Gareth. Have you, you've met Gareth? Yeah. yeah. My oldest brother, Gareth, um, actually played lacrosse for Australia. So when he was 18, um, he's, what, 12 or 13 years older than me. So when he was 18, moved over to college in America and uh, he went to college over there for four years, played lacrosse, came back and then played it professionally. So went to the World Championships uh, in the United Kingdom, represented Australia, won a bronze medal for Australia. So he's done some cool things in the sporting field. So he was probably someone uh, who was kind of an aspiration for me to try and attain what he achieved. And we're quite similar, like we're the exact same body dimensions, like we're freaky, like we're both <laughs> the exact same height, weight, everything got the same like weird kinks in our elbows, like our bodies are the exact same. So he was someone like that. And then playing footy was like, there's just all the typical guys like JK, um, Will Schofield, guys that have achieved great things and, and in different fields, obviously JK, one of the greatest forwards ever of our generation and incredibly high skill level but incredibly hard worker, takes care of his body but loves getting around the fellas and that's probably something that uh, isn't given enough mention to, like how much of a boy's boy he is and he, the boys love him, like they do anything for him. And then Scully, like someone who's not looked at in the same way performance-wise on field, but he played just, a, I think it was like 196, 197 games as someone who never started a season in the starting 22, which is like a ridiculous feat. Yeah, so wow. he's someone who was never a first-choice player, but was always just saying stuff here, watch this, like I'm going to go do this. And premiership player, played probably his best game he ever played on grand final day. Like I love that story. <laughs> someone who's achieved some great things and like now got his own podcast, killing it with the backjack stuff he does, got a lot of business ventures. Um, yeah, he's someone who is probably another one that playing on him, he taught me a lot when I was younger too. His mindset was probably the biggest thing that I learned off him as well. Like his resilience, but his attitude towards, you know, someone doesn't think I'm good enough. I'm going to like, it's not the prove you wrong thing, but just like I know that I'm confident in my ability mm. and leadership. Like one of the, was never a captain. Don't even know if he was in the leadership no. group, but was like unbelievable leader, mate, and had the respect of everybody. Like, mm. and then you've got like not many people would know that, like JK, yep, like mate, absolute superstar and a nicest bloke. And then Scoey's like, oh, like some people, are like, oh, he's okay, maybe, but like, mate, without Scoey, you don't have like the group, the culture, yeah. like mm. it's just the leadership yeah, and cool. professionalism, and yeah, so that. Yeah. Two big ones right there. Like even in like 2020 in the hub year, we're playing a game against North Melbourne, and it was like one of the lowest standards of footy games you've ever seen. Like we were playing so poorly, we needed to win to finish, like have a home final or something, and the score was 20 to 15 at three quarter time. We were losing, and North at this stage we were really, really struggling, and like Scully's the one that like pulls everyone in, like and everyone's just like clued into him. He's like, this is not acceptable. Like, this is not acceptable like we're going to go out here and change things right now and it's just the way he commands respect and stuff is something i've always admired about him and um yeah he's a he's a great man love that you got any more questions no well i think you can pretty much wrap it up there so yeah what you go pressure and expectations big thing yeah it is um yeah if you can approach them with um some of these like sort of well yeah other healthier alternatives and mm. to approach them the right way then you'll set yourself up for success in the long term absolutely yeah thanks for coming in Aussie. Oh, no worries appreciate it guys thanks for having me thanks heaps mate catch us in the next one cheers guys See ya.
Thanks for listening to another episode. If you liked it, please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, leave a review, all that jazz. We love your support and we'd love for you to continue supporting us. If you want more info and want to know what we've got coming up, please head to our Instagram, chuck us a follow. And even check out our website for more episodes, resources, recommendations, and lots, lots, lots more. Links are attached in the description below. Cheers.